welcome to the Poison Honey Podcast, where we discuss the bitter truths of life with raw vulnerability, honesty, and a dash of humor. I am your host, Manorak of Grey, artist and writer, author of A Tale of Her, which is the sponsor of this podcast. So if you want to support us, consider getting the book. It is a short story with poetry and artwork all done by me. If poetry is not your thing or you just don't have the funds to get the book, consider supporting us by following us on social media or sharing this podcast with someone you think needs it or will enjoy it. In today's episode, we're talking about depression. Depression is a state of mind where someone can feel deeply saddened, irritable. They can feel a lack of motivation to do certain activities such as daily activities, but also their hobbies, things that they enjoy doing. There's different levels to depression. You have mild, moderate, or uh, severe depression. And in severe cases, it can lead to, to suicide. And the statistics, according to the World Health Organization, say that women are affected more by depression than men. And there are several factors that contribute to depression. It can be social, psychological, and biological factors. And it could be people going to adversity uh, in life, such as unemployment, traumatic events. So it, it's really complex and a lot can lead to depression. And I think also in our current cultural climate that we're living in, I can certainly understand why, for example, women are dealing more with depression because um, overall in the current system, women are more oppressed as women. We are constantly being told how to be and being held to double standards as opposed to our male counterparts and I, I can completely understand how this can lead to just an overall fatigue and exhaustion. I, in some ways, I think also I, I've experienced this in different ways due to traumatic events, but also due to societal pressures and a lot of unjust I'm having to deal with just because I was born a woman. So yeah, it, it, it's complex. And in this episode, I'm talking to Anna Linner about her experience with depression, but also how she became an anti-depression specialist. And when I first heard this term, I was like, wow, is this a thing that exists? I was really excited at the possibilities that this uh, can have for future generations, but maybe also for us, if we're willing to keep an open mind and listen to what she has to teach us and see how it can help us in our own life and alleviating pain and suffering and, and also depression. So without any further ado, here is the interview. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Manorak. Thank you for inviting me uh, to this podcast of um, telling stories about um, 
how we found ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Very excited to have you, as I was saying before. Um, so, <clears throat> Anna, what is your story of a vulnerability that you want to share with us today? So, as um, many of us have noticed, we have different stories, but theoretically, we went through the same suffering, right? So, it's exactly like in in your book, but tell of her. And if you guys didn't read the book, you should go and read the book. Okay, it's an amazing book um, because we have different stories, but the suffering we encounter is quite the same. And this is what's extraordinary about these stories, because when you hear more and more of them, you realize like, oh, so I am not so different, that I'm not so cuckoo, that I'm not so crazy, right? <laughs> it actually repeats at different people, maybe a different pattern, right? Maybe a different story, but the suffering that we feel is the same. Yes. So the story of vulnerability that I want to share with you is a story of a child who was depressed since the age of seven and who suffered from all kinds of medical conditions since young age. That includes S-shaped scoliosis and headaches and insomnias and all kinds of problems uh, until um, about the age of 19, I kind of lost it and I took 41 sleeping pills to kill myself. Because I couldn't sleep for over two and a half years. And all I wanted to do is sleep. Yes. You, know, you know, I had those headaches that were like, I had the impression that my, 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 my head is cracking. Right. So after that, I went to University of Psychology to study psychology because I realized that there are some things that I need to fix. Hello. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some problems. <laughs> Um, and one of my problems that I had was trying to save my mom, who was an alcoholic. Right. She was an extremely famous teacher. She was an alcoholic. And because of these two things in the same time, I felt a lot of shame in my own town that, you know, my mom, such a famous teacher, is actually an alcoholic, right? Mm -hmm. So this, you know, from because of this, I went to university to, to try to save us both, right? My mom was my life, just to save us both. Yeah. Uh, to find out uh, very soon that uh, I joke today, I tell, uh, I tell people, it's like, I entered the university as a chicken and I exited as a cow. <laughs> there was a lot of book in my belly, but there was no skills. There were no strategies. There was nothing to help me or my mom. So at that time, I decided not to pursue a profession because I said, okay, so what am I going to do my next client? He or she's going to talk about how they want to jump off a bridge and I'm going to tell them, me too. Maybe that's not a great idea to know. <laughs> You know, so I decided not to pursue a profession, right? So you embark in life like a warrior, like to keep on going, but always with a thought in the back of my head, save mom, save mom, save mom, because I always thought that if I save her, I'm also safe. Yeah. Okay. Because she was number one. Well, save mom ended up to uh, end overnight when she died overnight at the age of 55, from a liver condition. Mm -hmm. Just like this, boom. I couldn't even go to her funeral because I was planning to kill myself at her funeral. Wow. So all the pain that I felt, it like doubled down on me, 
on my shoulders. It was like an entire mountain that just crashed because I failed in my mission to save mom. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, um, I decided to have a kid a few years after and to get married and to get divorced. And what a surprise, depressed people always get divorced once or twice easily, right? Mm-hmm. And at the age of 38, I was carrying on my shoulders a lot of problems like um, two hernias of disc, fibromyalgia, prediabetes. Okay, so at the age of 38, I was like a mountain of pain. I was like the queen of pain. Right. Queen of pain, right? Holding on to all this, including physical problems that manifested because the depression was nothing that we were able to solve until then. Mm -hmm. But what put the cherry on top was that I was diagnosed with the same disease my mom died from. Wow. My mom died at 55. I was diagnosed at 38. My kid was only eight years old, which meant that I can die overnight, but I wasn't even drinking. That's that's the question that came to mind. Yes, because I wasn't I- drinking, right? So when you are having an alcoholic parent, as an adult child of alcoholic, you think that the best thing in the world, you really think that you want the lottery if you're not drinking. Right. Right? I mean, I want Valari. I'm not drinking. I accomplished so much. And then you end up, it's like, uh, no, it doesn't matter. You're still going to die overnight. I'm like, uh, and my kid? Yes, of course. It's when I realized that it was not actually the alcohol. It was way deeper at the level of depression that attacked both our livers and destroyed her. And when I realized that, you know, maybe she couldn't hold on for a couple more months because she was already 55 and older, mm-hmm. but I'm 38 and I can. Seven months, I was out of depression. All the illnesses gone, totally disappeared from not being able to walk from the living room to the bathroom. I ended up climbing a mountain in Capri by myself. Everything was just poofed out in seven months. It was absolutely amazing. That sounds amazing. I mean, um, that's quite quite a, a difference, right? From being like almost bedridden, I, I guess, uh, and with these illnesses, several illnesses, and now you're climbing a mountain. Like that's that's amazing. How 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 do you get yeah. to that point? Exactly, right? So yeah, it took seven months of work. Um, The way I accomplished this was by, um, I knew psychology is not going to be, you know, not going to solve anything, right? Um, So the way I accomplished this is by asking two categories of people that they haven't ever been depressed in their lifetimes, in their generations, how to get out of depression. Mm-hmm. And the, I'm Christian Orthodox myself. The two categories of people that I have asked how to overcome depression were Shaolin monks and Himalayan yogi masters. Yes. <laughs> because I realized that Christian people have always been depressed. <laughs> That's not something I'm Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
as someone that that I was brought up Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic, I always uh, make jokes about uh, the Catholic guilt, right? You're always guilt uh, guilty of something something sometimes you have no control over even and it it's yeah it causes depression yeah exactly right so if you look at it you know therapists are depressed doctors are depressed right <laughs> many categories of people are depressed and when i went through a whole list of people who are not depressed it took me a while to figure it out who has never been depressed for generations yes so you know the truth is that at some point you go back to your life and you ask yourself, but what all this trouble, why all this pain happened to me? Mm-hmm. Right? Why did I was just wired to not be able to smile in a picture since the age of seven or to bear so much pain on my shoulders or to have my mom like this or to even have my char slipping depression? Thank God I turned him around really quick. Right. Why did this all happen to me? Why? Like, you know, why God gave this all to me? If you believe in God, right. Or the universe mm-hmm. like, what did I do wrong? Yes. The girl. Yeah. And yeah, that guilt. (laughs) And uh, I realized that I was asking the wrong question. Okay. So with everything that I know today that doesn't work to overcome depression for teenagers and adults, and with everything that I know today, what works to overcome depression for teenagers and adults, I became an anti-depression expert within the last two years. I became a relationship and parenting mentor. Mm-hmm. I saved teenagers from depression, from being angry, suicidal, disrespectful in days. I saved marriages in a week to three weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> and people succeed to overcome depression with our guidance in less than six months. I. I can say I completely believe you just from the conversation that we had before uh, the recording because you know how the mood I was in when we started talking and then within a few minutes I I was like, yeah, that's right. You know, there's a way to change that around. Um, but just like say for the audience, can you give an example of how the practices that you uh, put in to, to overcome this. So what we don't understand about suffering and pain is that it is not normal. Just because we saw it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it is not normal. Pain and suffering is not love. Pain and suffering stops you from loving and being loved. It's like a wall between you and the person next to you. You can fully open up because you're afraid of betrayal, abandonment, all kinds of things, right? And the same with them. They can't fully open up because they are afraid of something. So then you're just building walls between you and the person next to you. And no wonder at some point you slip in this depression thing, but everybody thinks that it's, oh, it's a kind of mental condition when it's actually a very deep emotional condition. Yes. Where you need love, you need to be loved, you need to be appreciated, you need to be respected, you need you need assurance that, you know, you are fine by yourself and the people around you are fine by themselves and together you're fine. But because we've never been taught this 
emotional balance, right? You you look for crutches all the time. And just to give you an example of the most fashionable crutch today is go to a therapist. Yes. Where you only complain, but you're not learning anything, right? And then you start with a therapist and then you end up with a narcissistic abuse. That's another crutch that promises you that you're going to be fine. Then you end up in a verbally abusive relationship. That's another crutch that promises, oh, I'm going to be perfect for you, right? So you end up in breaking legs nonstop just because you didn't have relationship skills, emotional skills to start with. And sometimes this starts at the puberty years. Sometimes this starts exactly when you're very, very young. Yes. My youngest customer was six years old. Wow. Six years old. Mm -hmm. In December of last year in 2021, I was on stage with very rich people and successful people. JT Fox, Jesse Cole, they call him the Savannah Banana guy. It's always in yellow. (laughs) And Julian Michaels, the fitness guru, right? Talking about people challenges and the suicide rates going up all the time, 1 million people a year minimum. Wow, that's a lot. Exactly. And it's increasing, right? And I got off a stage and an uncle of a six-year-old approached me and said, listen, um, my sister has a problem. You need to come see her. I'm like, I don't do house calls. No, 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 no. I'll pay whatever you need to come see her. We have a problem with a six-year-old. I'm like, what problem can you have with a six-year-old? Yes. The six-year-old was talking about dying since the age of four. Only reason why the six-year-old was not committing suicide because he didn't know how. Yeah. Luckily that they didn't know. And he was homeschooled and he didn't learn how from his school peers. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) okay. So this is how deep this can get these days. This generation is not waiting for 40 years like I did to go to a healing journey, okay, to get out of depression. They get accelerated pain and they need accelerated results. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that uh, a six-year-old child is easy to fix in three weeks. Well, a 16-year-old takes a little bit more than three months because they're resistant, right? Yes. What you're trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. So just to, just to give you an example, this is not going to go anywhere, right? This, this depression, anxiety, all these divorces that you hear, you know, and the ones that you don't hear, trust me, I have clients that are, they're they're like ready to divorce in a week. Yes. Call me. I'll give you one week before I file for divorce. I'm like, I need three days. Yes. Okay. To tell you what to do. If you do it, you're done. Right. So these kind of things, family relationships is the base of not only your mental health is the base of not being able to be productive at work. When you're wondering why I don't have a job, my dreams, what I didn't find, you know, my dream job, my purpose in life. Well, it cannot because you're into suffering mode. Yes. Okay, and you cannot expand. It's like you know, you're like a bird with wings like this, straight out, suffering, being afraid of everything, and you can't fly. Yeah, like in a cage of pain. Um. Exactly, and in your own cage of pain, right? Because once you took it from somebody else, like I took it from my mom, for example, it was my own pain. I felt it as my own. 
Right. Now I have to fix it, right? So these kind of things, a lot of people don't understand how it could be extraordinarily traumatic for the children you're raising, okay? For the partner, for the boss that doesn't want people depressed and anxious in his business. He wants the job done. Yes. He's got to pay bills for his business. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't understand. And we live in a in a in a society where it's OK. I'm going to take medicine forever. I'm going to go to therapy forever and I'm never going to fix it because guess what? It's normal. Yeah. I mean, normal to suffer. To be honest, as you're talking, I recognize myself in, in almost all of these layers. So I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I said, you know, guys, if you read the book, the tale of her, you will see different words, maybe, okay, of expression. You will see, you know, maybe a different story, but the pain is the same. Pain is the same, yes, definitely. And guess what? It can be fixed the same. We're using the same strategies to fix the pain for everybody. Because this is one of the misconceptions people have. But my story is different, but I am different. I'm like, no, you cannot be different. Yeah, there are five levels of pain. First of all is rejection. The second of all is abandonment. The third one is humiliation or embarrassment. The fourth is betrayal. And the fifth one is we call it perfectionism or injustice. Injustice, we call it for, you know, um, Categories of people like the American Indians or the African Americans who have been injusted in the world, right? Yes. And perfectionists, we call it for people who think that this is the only way out. This is the only way to get out of this and do this and do that. And it's exactly exactly off road. It's your answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not like a horse, like go straight up, straight up, straight up. Right? It's not like go forward to you. So these are only five levels of pain that everybody feels. And when you feel three or more you end up in depression. When you have all five, you're already at suicidal level and you can't listen and you cannot hear. Mm-hmm. But if you look through every story, you can identify minimum of three out of five of these. The pain is the same we all feel. I, I, I cannot disagree with that. I mean, as I said, I'm like... <laughs> Just- Story is different. I even uh, experienced some years ago um, a friend of mine who unfortunately did commit suicide. Um, And it it was at this point where you're saying that they they weren't listening anymore as much as we tried to tell them, um, you know, your life is worth living you as a human being is your worth it um to be on this planet with us um it, it wasn't enough and yeah it's it's really it's really heartbreaking uh to have experienced these uh for teenagers who are going through this sometimes i do make house calls okay it was not the six-year-old that i mentioned but we couldn't talk like this with him but we're 14 16 year olds that we have sometimes and we have to go, you know, in person and talk to them. Um, I ask them a couple of questions. And one of the questions that I ask them is like, do you want to get rid of this pain in your heart? And the answer is yes. Right. Because that's why they want to commit suicide. 
because yeah. they want to get rid of a pain in their heart. Yeah, you want to, okay. or like you want it. And to then I ask them, is like, can you give me a couple of months to show you how to do it? Can you not kill yourself for a couple of months until I show you? This question shocks them. It's like, what do you mean? I can get rid of it without dying? I'm like, yes. But are you sure you want to? And they're like, yes. Are you sure you want to? They're like, yes. Yes. Okay. So when you we saw that, you know, that they most people don't even know that this pain is removable. It's absolutely removable. Mm-hmm. Most people think that they have to live with it. They don't have another choice. Right. And do you have um, some people that are also just talking for, from my own perspective again? Um, do you have people that are perhaps also comfortable um, with this pain? Because sometimes I feel like I get really comfortable uh, in my pain and um and someone like you comes along and tells me, well, you can remove this pain. And uh, of course, there's a part of me that wants that. Uh, but there's another part of me that then wonders, who, who am I without, without this pain? Yeah. yeah. So that's the, 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 the fear of living. It's not the fear of dying or fear of pain. It's the fear of living, right? Mm-hmm. For these kind of people that are not ready Okay, to go through a journey of letting go of pain because they consider pain as their identity. This is why these kids depressed come up into the world to wake them up. Because the pain is not going to end with you. The pain is going to be felt by the last one in line. So now, you know, for the six-year-old, for example, we immediately discovered that the mother is the one depressed too. And by accident, poor woman, she gave her depression to the child without wanting, of course, because she was a mother. So all we had to do is start working with her, and we already started to see results. But she was asking, is like, but why this happens to my child? This happens because you ignored it. Yeah. And if you wouldn't have a child, you would have ignored it. Because you don't even think it's possible, right? So... It's always an answer. The universe doesn't, the universe has to expand. It cannot expand in pain and suffering. The universe doesn't care about one life or one million. We're 7 billion people on this planet. Yeah. If you don't want to expand with me, oh well, that's totally fine. If you don't want to change directions, especially now when this generation is asking for Faster, better, more efficient, three clicks, or I, I quit if it's more than three clicks. Yeah. Well, you better get it faster. Right? So the universe cannot expand in pain and suffering. It can only expand in love and growth. Mm-hmm. And this is what, you know, these kids are teaching us every day, that what we did not solve needs to be solved. Otherwise... We'll lose our kids. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's a lot of food for thought. <laughs> what you're saying now. So, uh, throughout the, the years, and or just with your experience um, and your background, how has this uh, knowledge changed the way you see yourself? 
Uh, so the way I see myself now, you know, you, you know, it was super funny because, you know, I have pictures on my website uh, with, with millionaires and a billionaire on the stage, right? I mean, you do realize that I'm a um, suicidal girl from Eastern Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow, yeah. how did I get here? <laughs> how exactly did I get here, right? More of that, we do, you know, to talk about suicides and, uh, you know, challenges with people that are, you know, very rich and they don't really care. <laughs> okay, this is the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> because this is how it is, right? But they did care when, you know, I got off the stage and that six-year-old needs help, right? So um, it is amazing how much you can grow and how much you can expand when you let the pain go. It's like I have accomplished in the last years more than three generations of my family has accomplished. This is what it holds us down. Every time when you feel stuck about something, every time when you feel, but what's my purpose in life? But what's, you know, why I was born and stuff like that. It only means there is more pain to be shed, to be let go of, to find out that you are an amazing person. And you were from the beginning. You just never knew it because you were so covered by pain that you didn't even dare to look into your own heart. Right. So this is what holds people down in everything, in their job, in their money, in their uh, finding relationships, in having great, amazing, you know, families. This is what holds people down. And as soon as they're ready to take that step, it doesn't matter if it's a relationship course, if you're single or divorced and you just want to have a perfect partner. It doesn't matter if it's a parenting course when you just don't want your kid to bridge the difference between you and them, right? You want to be together, not to love a therapist more than he loves you, Yes. right? So it doesn't matter at which level you attack this, right? The moment when you let pain go or you understand the other person's pain and you can help them let it go, usually you can do that with children and not with parents, that moment everything changes. It's like you are growing wings. And it's absolutely amazing how it's like an accelerated growth. Yes. It's like from a train that you've been pushing, you know, so hard in pain, you just got on the high speed train. Yes, the express. By itself, don't have to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, this is how the difference is. Right. And uh, for someone maybe listening right now and maybe also recognizing themselves or someone in their environment, um, do you have any tips for them to, to get started? Because um, you, you mentioned a bit about the therapy um, wasn't... Uh, therapy is the fashion these days, right? So we have yeah. so many clients that come to us, like, my therapist told me that. I'm like, your therapist told you the wrong thing. She didn't teach you any skills, mm-hmm. right? Skills is what helps you master the game of life. With no skills, you can only master the game of suffering. Right. So this is what I teach. The first thing I teach is skills, relationship skills, emotional skills, mindset skills. And I'm talking more about recognizing mindset traps because there are about 17 mind traps that keeps us in suffering. Right. So all of these things we teach and we teach in, we have free courses on our website. 
We have free workshops, free online classes. And for people who are, how should I say? For people not to make mistakes, we have actually um, opened a specific service called Better Ask Anna with one N.com, mm-hmm. where you can text me directly your question with your name and email. And we'll send you a five minutes video, three to five minutes video or audio with the actual answer. So you will not make mistakes. And all of this is for free, right? Because we saw so many people rushing into sending their kids to therapy and waiting for results, into divorcing when their marriages could have been fixed, into deciding to be single for the rest of their life because they didn't know how not to be betrayed and find a perfect partner. We saw so many mistakes happen, but it's better to ask a question, especially because it's for free, Mm -hmm. okay, than to make a mistake in life that puts you in depression. And I was wondering, do you think that all marriages can be saved or? No, not all marriages can be saved. But you see, if you and your spouse agrees to separate in good terms, imagine how much time, money and annoyance you can save. Most marriages that are divorcing in bad conditions and we take them usually here in the U.S. between one to two years to divorce and big scandals and stuff like that with kids and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, depending on what age, if you are over the age of 45, you end up having a heart attack within one year after. Yes. Because of the strain that this stress puts on you. But what if... You understand your spouse and said, okay, now we're in agreement. We clearly know this is you. This is me. Okay. But we get along enough to decide to go on separate roads. And then all this annoyance, stress, money, time, medical condition, you can erase. Plus now that you separate in good terms, you have a hope that, listen, I might still find a perfect partner. Now I don't have to wait five to 10 years to heal from heartbreak. Yes. (laughs) Right? So these kind of things has nothing to do with staying together or not. has to do with resolving the problem there Mm -hmm. to save you time, money, annoyance, health problems, and blame from the kids. Because in these kind of divorces, sooner or later, you're going to hear the kids blaming one or another parent easily. Yeah. That happens a lot. one parent and be angry at another or you know things like that and you you don't want that you 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 did your best to raise kids man you don't want them to blame you yeah this is true okay really interesting yes and uh, you mentioned earlier about the mindset the 17 mindset uh traps traps can you give us a few examples of this so the most, the most used ones, there are two of them that I use all the time, and I call them uh, I can't. When you hear this in sorts of teenage years, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, right? So this is no. When you say no to everything, this is number one mind trap that keeps people into expanding. Because this is the truth. If you think about your life, right, and your listeners' life, if they think back into their life, everything that happened good in your life is because you said yes. 
not because he said no. <laughs> right? Yes. But we're so prone to that negativity of no. And when you say no, the brain shuts down. The brain shuts down. It's not looking for solution. It's just no. Right? So the way to break this is usually by having, you know, either a parent, if you're a teenager, or having an accountability partner to ask you, uh, you want to or you don't want to? Because you clearly can. Yeah. And you say, no, 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 I can't. Well, listen, people did it before you. That means you can. And if they didn't do it before you, you're the first one. So it still means you can. (laughs) So you want to do it or you don't want to do it. Okay. And then their mind starts thinking, oh, I want to do it. Or I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it? Fine. Why don't you want to do it? Okay. But if you want to do it, how are we going to do it? Right. So now the mind thinks, oh, we can do it like this, like this, like this, like this. It comes with solutions. Right? Yes. The second mind trap is, um, is the excuse lamp. Okay. I can, but. And here coming and pouring all the excuses in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we cut the word, but. Because mm-hmm. we don't like it. Okay. We don't talk about this in public. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's, it's, um, yeah. So here, yes, you can. Yes, I got you. So forget about the excuses. And what I'd like to tell people, excuses are only lies you tell to yourself. Excuses are only lies you tell to yourself. You don't tell it to me. I know that's an excuse. You tell it to yourself. So yeah. every excuse you have, put it on paper, cross it down, big lie, and... Now you do what you need to do. Be done when over with. Right? These two mind traps keeps us down from teenage years all of the way until we die. Again, very recognizable. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so called out. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. I freak out some of your listeners there. No, no, but it, no, it makes sense. Uh, as you're seeing it, 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 it does, um, make a lot of sense that this, um, creates blockades, um, because yeah, as soon as I say, I don't know, I want to be a dancer, but I, if I say, uh, I can't dance, uh, which is one of the lies I used to tell myself, um, you that wheelchair dance, for example. Yeah. <laughs> So here is, you know, you try to come with arguments to tell people it's possible. People did it before. Okay. So if you you ever did it, you're the first one. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Right. These kind of things, they, they accelerate and they keep going and going and going. And we're living in traps built by ourselves. And a lot of times you need an accountability partner. A lot of times you need a parent. A lot of times you need a coach like me. No BS coach. No BS coach. (laughs) Right? Where I tell them, okay, you're done with the excuses. Now just do what I ask you to. Yes. Okay. And they're like, what? Like, listen, somebody's got to wake you up. (laughs) Just do it and be done with it. Right? (laughs) So things like this sometimes that, you know, you're asking for people to listen to you and understand you. Quacking and complaining never solve the problem. I tell people the reason why therapy doesn't work 
is because we're 7 billion people on this planet. We can all talk to three, four people. That's not going to solve our problems. Doing will. Mm -hmm. Learn some skills. Learn how to talk. And being understood, I know you. It's only five levels of pain. You can't have more. Nobody has more than five. Yeah. Okay. So here is get some skills under your belt to solve your problems. Stop waiting for somebody to solve it for you. They're going to hurt you more because you're just going to lean on them like a crutch. And when they're gone, what are you going to do? Yeah. They're left with the, still the same pain, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Because that, that it has to be in from the inside uh, that you want to get rid of it. Exactly. A lot of people come to me is like, but I want to be protected. But I want to be supported. But I want to be first do it yourself. Yes. Because you're going to keep encountering broken people that are going to promise you that. You're going to believe them. And deep down, they're going to hurt you. So yep. first, do it yourself. And then you're going to find the right partner for you. And maybe you don't want a crutch in your life. Because now women can have jobs too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to be the Amazonic woman doing it all and breaking down, you know, like I did at the age of 38. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to do that, right? You need to find your balance. But um, you don't you don't expect others to to support you emotionally. That's the biggest mistake people do. They're always waiting for some kind of partner, or even sometimes to have a child to save them. And and how does one support themselves emotionally? There's skills that we're teaching people. Um, some of them are deeper skills, like you mentioned, guilt, shame. Okay, these are deeper, deeper skills and deeper healing. But the the, the easiest ones to understand is usually anger, worry, and fear, which turns into anxiety. So many people have deep anger. They're not showing it. They don't. They don't like to talk about it. They don't express it right, and they don't like. Oh no, no, I'm not angry. Yes, you are. Deep down, all of us are angry, right? So here we're teaching them, and you can see it very easily in teenagers, specifically girls, teenagers, that either are very angry and fighty, right? Or they are having social anxiety, which is another side of anger, right? So what we teach people is how to deal with this particular anger. Can you fix the situation or you cannot fix the situation? And depending on the answer, you go fix it or you go drop it. Right. Right. So the, the instance that we talked before the show with you, you cannot fix a situation, we get dropped. Yeah. Right. The, um, the second thing is worry. No amount of worry has ever solved the problem. Exactly like no amount of talking has ever solved the problem. That is so true. I remember I used to listen to Manly Pihal. I don't know if you uh, know his teachings. You said something about this, like worrying is only a means to further complicate the, the problem. Exactly. So now we're teaching people, you have to make a decision in 30 seconds. And they're like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> what if I made the wrong decision? No problem. You have time to fix it. There is nothing seconds after that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you wait for 30 years, you do not have time to fix it. No. Okay. So we're teaching people make decision 30 seconds. 
And when they can't sleep at night, okay, because they are, you know, worried about what next, okay, I put them to write on a piece of paper, okay, everything they need to do next day for the mind to catch up that, oh, it's tomorrow morning I can do any of these things. I'm not going to call it midnight, my doctor and my boss and nothing like this is in the groceries. I'm not going to happen at midnight. Okay, so for the mind to understand that, okay, tomorrow this is the list. First thing in the morning, I take the list and I start it. But now I'm going to sleep because there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And the anxiety part, the fear part, your answer to what you need to do in life is at the other side of fear. Everything that you're afraid of. You have to do it. You will find out everything you want and you need in life at the other side of fear. And you have to do it three times. Okay. Why three times? Because when you do it once, you're usually running away. Second doesn't, you know, it's like, I still, still running away. Okay. <laughs> you have to do it at a minimum of three times to make sure that now, if I'm ever afraid of this, there's no reason I just did it three times, ma'am. Yes. Okay. So it was not once, it was not twice. For the mind to catch up with the idea that, you know, it's possible. So the last, uh, one of the things that I was afraid of, because I have so many back problems, right? And broken bones in my back. They don't hurt anymore, but they're still broken. Yes. Uh, was um, was zip lining, right? I was afraid of just falling. Very simple, right? Yeah. So and we went zip lining to like four or five courses and big ones, not little tiny bitty ones. And I have to be honest, I have asked the guys there that were attendants, like, you have to push me. I, I there is no way in hell that I can jump into nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if this wire is gonna hold me, <laughs> you need to push me. Okay. They did push me, I think, three or four times. And the fifth time, I was the first one jumping. They were all so proud of me. They were ready. I was like, it's like I'm so proud of you. I was like, I'm the first one jumping. I'm like, I don't know. It was so amazing. <laughs> right. So this is what um, we're afraid of things. And, you know, we have a lot of teenagers who are afraid of their social. They have social anxiety. Yes. And I think people, the first thing they need to learn is relationships. They need to know how the other people around them think and what they want. Then they won't be afraid of being out there in the open with other kids. Do you have perhaps, as we're talking about this, my mind went to, but how can we make sure that people have these skills or are developing these skills already from a younger age? Is this something that we can perhaps introduce into um, education uh, system or um, perhaps a new way of parenting? Well, what is your, your thoughts on this? So we have classes. We have free classes where we explain all this to parents. We have courses, usually courses of three to four hours. If you take a four-hour course, you know how the relationships work for the rest of your life. Be done with it, right? It's not very complicated. Nevertheless, most people don't know that there are four types of men and four types of women in the world. Guess what? Your kid is only one of the four. 
Okay. Your husband can only change into one of the four types of men. He cannot be the fifth one. He's not an alien. Yeah. <laughs> so it might have started with your husband being one, but it can only change into one of the other three. It cannot change into anything else. Right. Yeah. So people change during their lifetime into these four types of possibilities where they have different values. They change the way of thinking and stuff like that, but can only change within four pillars. Yes. Right. So we're teaching these four pillars and how you get the kids in the right direction because a lot of times they want to skip. They want to take the shortcut. They want to take the shortcut. They end up depressed and anxious. And then you wonder why. Yeah. Right? So we teach everybody how to take the wrong, the, the right direction. And when they see that their husband is in the wrong or their wife or their spouse is in the wrong part, what does that mean and how to transform it all? It's usually a a seven-step transformation for any teenager or any um, couple. Uh, it's just a seven-step transformation. It's super easy. Um, yeah, it should be introduced in schools. You're right. Yeah, so how do we get that? <laughs> how do you get that? Well, right now, I'm teaching some of these courses for free, okay? You have it all on betteraskanna with one com. There is a tremendous amount of resources for free that we have there for you, including for depression courses, uh, um, classes, uh, asking me a question before you make mistakes in life. Please don't make mistakes in life and don't make rush decisions, okay? Uh, before you get all the answers and you don't know what's going to happen after, right? Because everybody thinks like, oh, I'm going to divorce and I'm going to be fine. And then they come to me, oh, I'm divorced and I'm depressed. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, you were not any better, right? So um, if right now I'm teaching these things. I do not know when they're going to be introduced. Who <laughs> does a lot of stuff that doesn't work? You have to admit that. Okay. And uh, this is one of the things why my kids don't like school. Is like, how is this going to help me in life? Yes. You better teach them relationship, emotional balance. So it will help them in life. Yeah, I mean, of course, I have this wishful thinking that one day this will be. <laughs> you see, this is an accelerated generation. You never know when they're just turning around and said, you know, BS with all this thing. Yeah. Because this is what, you know, the, the parents come to me and ask me, it's like, but, you, you know, I don't know why my kid is not appreciating what I do for them and what I buy them. I'm like, that's not what they want. No. They want a life easier. They want to be happy. They want to have a better life. Just teach them these skills. But I don't know them myself. Well, let's learn it together then. Okay, let me teach you these skills and then teach them. We had a seven-year-old, um, we had a, uh, her name was Angela, and she was, um, um, she was in depression during her divorce, right? She was into one of these divorces forever, you know, about one year and a half, going on two years, desperate because her husband didn't want to pay child support. And she really needed the money. And she had this seven-year-old girl that was, you know, you know, poor, poor girl. She thought that, you know, her parents divorced because of her. I mean, you know, it happens at these little ages, right? Mm -hmm. So she learns all these uh, relationship skills from me. And she ex decides to explain it to her daughter. I did not give her the approval. I didn't even tell her yes or no. She didn't. Uh -huh. So she's explaining to her daughter. It's like, oh, here it is. We have four elements in relationship that we're working with. Water, fire, air, and earth, because it's easier to talk the same language instead of, you know, using gutter words that nobody understands, right? So your daddy is an airman, okay? And she was like, what does that mean? 
That means that he is colder, okay? He's cold. He's always been colder with us, with you. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He loves you to death. It's just not the time to kiss you and hug you and buy you things. It's just not that time. But he loves you to death. Yeah. Oh, the girl got it. Next time when she went to visitation with my father, said, Daddy, 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 I know who you are. I know <laughs> who I am. You're an airman. I'm like, no, I'm not in the military. I'm not a pilot. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mommy, explain to me that you're an airman. What does that mean? Well, he told me that you are a little bit colder than most parents and most dads are, but that doesn't mean you don't love me to death. And it's not because of me that you guys split up and you're still loving me and you would give your life for me. It's just, this is how you are a little bit colder. That man started to cry. Wow. Yeah. The next divorce court, okay, uh, he approached them and he said, I fired my lawyer and I quit my job. Not because I don't want to give you the eight hundred dollars child support. I'm going to give you two thousand dollars child support because I have a lot a better job that nobody knew on the side. I only have one condition to see my daughter whenever I want to because of you know I don't want every other weekend and stuff like that. I'll give you two thousand dollars, and I have to tell you, you never understood me all the years when we were married. I'm so happy you understood me now. Wow. Wow. That's like, that's amazing. It's it's so. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the beauty, I think, of of being that age. I think at that age, uh, we are much more, we just talk, we just say what's on our mind and we care. The truth is that this is how this man was a little bit colder, a little bit detached. Everybody thought he has no feelings. Didn't mean he had no feelings. This is how he was, okay? As a businessman, as a worry about work, money. And his wife never understood that. And now, for his first time in his life, he felt understood by his wife and by his kid. Wow. But they ended up separating. They ended up divorcing. They get along very well, better than when they were married. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But yeah. it doesn't matter because, you know, it's great for the kid when they see their parents getting along, even if they're divorced, who cares? Yeah. The child, this child is not going to slip in depression, guilt, shame, humiliation, stuff like that. No, I have two parents and both of them love me. On the other side, the parents are fine. He takes care of his business, pays his child support. Yeah. She has a lot more money. She doesn't even work anymore, but she takes care of her daughter. There's a lot more money than she expected. Everything got sold out. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to indeed just simple, work out. Yeah. Simple relation course. And I was looking at the airman video in my course. It was three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's not even, I mean, like, that's great for nowadays with the short attention spans. Uh, yeah. Three minutes. I'm like, wow. Three minutes solved a huge divorce problem. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. I, it's yeah, it's really exciting for me. Yeah, it's possible. These things are possible. Yeah. Great. I mean, thank you so much for sharing this story, your story, and the, the, also your clients' uh, stories with us. Um, I've learned a lot. I am <laughs> going to your website. <laughs> I'm the one who never stops talking. No, I don't. I don't mind. You know, it's. 
for me, this platform is I, I want to give people that space to share their stories and um, also pick your mind a little bit about the story, of course. But I completely don't mind if the guest is like talking more than me. I'm learning with my with my audience as well. Um, I think they will enjoy this episode with you. Um, do you have any closing words? So, yeah, guys, don't forget to buy a book. Tell her, okay? Because you will recognize pieces of you inside there, okay? And for any support that you need, uh, we have a website with everything for free, betteraskannawithone.com. Yes. Don't make mistakes in life. You get everything you want for free. Just, yeah, wait for a question to be answered in a couple of days, okay? But don't make mistakes and harsh decisions and don't listen to broken people that never knew how to solve a problem and you end up in a worse situation. It's very simple. Beautiful. I will be adding your information to the uh, episode as well so you can find her on the website. Ask your questions. Don't make mistakes. I'm, I'm thinking myself of questions to ask right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be very honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that concludes our episode uh, with Anna. Maybe it, it sometime in the future would like to join us again. I, I would love to have you back. Thank you so much for listening to Poison Honey. Love you guys. 